In God we trust. It's our national motto, reminding us of where our hope lies. For 40 years now, your American Family Association has been a voice proclaiming that hope to America. And now, American Family Radio presents the In God We Trust special with your host, John Riley. Thanks for listening to this In God We Trust radio special. Every day you hear stories on how our religious liberties in this country are eroding, our very constitution, and even Christianity is under attack in our nation from those who wish to destroy our nation. What can we do about it? Is it hopeless? Can our nation survive this onslaught that seems to be happening on a daily basis? Are we still a nation that trusts in God? And what role does Christianity play in our nation? Is there a way for us to defend Christianity that would help our nation? Our guest is Dr. Frank Turek. Dr. Turek is a speaker, an award-winning author, and co-author of several books, including I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Uh, Dr. Turek presents powerful evidence for Christianity at churches, high schools, and at uh, secular college campuses all across the nation. He hosts an hour-long TV program each week called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist that's on DirecTV on the NRB channel. His radio program is called Cross-Examined with Frank. It's heard on over 186 stations across the nation and, of course, right here on American Family Radio. Dr. Turek, welcome. John, great being with you. Thanks for having me on. Great series you're putting together here. Thank you. Hey, tell everybody about Cross-Examined and what you do uh, as a ministry. Yeah, we started about... 11 years ago because we noticed that about three out of every four young per, young people that go off to college, about 75% of young people, walk away from the church once they leave the home, once they go to college or once they leave the home. And we wanted to do something about that. So we go to colleges, high schools, churches, and try and provide evidence that Christianity is true. Because one of the reasons young people live leave the faith or leave the church anyway is that they don't know why Christianity is true, because unfortunately, generally, the church has done a poor job of defending intellectually the Christian faith, and so that's what we try and do. So if they go to crossexamine.org, they can see what we do, they can see our calendar, they can download our app, two words in the App Store, cross-examine, and there's a lot of videos up there of us on college campuses and Q&A with atheists, so people find those helpful because they can share those short videos, those short Q&A videos with people uh, with friends of theirs. You know, John, if you send somebody a 40-minute video, they won't watch it. But if you send them a four-minute Q&A video, they might. So we'd like to uh, put those short videos online and uh, have people share them with one another. It really helps uh, open open the doorway to a further discussion. It's a great organization, a great ministry. I encourage you to check it out uh, with Dr. Frank Turk, crossexamined.org crossexamine.org. So Frank, in you mentioned uh, defending Christianity. In what ways have we as the church, we as a people, failed to defend Christianity in our nation? Well, it goes back about 100 or so years ago, actually. What happened, John, is after the Darwinian paradigm began to take hold, there were a number of responses from the church Uh, One response was liberalism, which is basically, oh, well, you know, we've got all this technological process. Maybe Darwin is right about the origin of uh, new life forms. So why don't we just take much of the Bible as as metaphor? It's not really true. Uh, You know, we'll we'll, we'll kind of give up on our on our beliefs that liberalism was one response. Another response was called fundamentalism. And that is instead of trying to engage the culture, separating from the culture. 
Uh, so we created our own little Bible colleges, our own little Bible schools. Not that there's anything wrong with that in itself, but we tended to withdraw from society rather than engage society. And we wound up looking at professions as, as uh, or only sacred professions being, say, missionary or pastor. Everything else is secular, which is not the biblical way. Every profession, if it's a moral profession, is sacred. Uh, and, and so we, we we kind of extra uh, or we kind of excluded ourselves, separated ourselves from society, John. And we when we take the godly influence out of society, the society goes godless. So you had liberalism, you had fundamentalism, and then you also had Pentecostalism, which came on. Pentecostalism said, "Well, let's try and emphasize the supernatural, and let's have more of a feeling-based sort of uh, belief system." And for many, that wasn't an intellectual defense. And what really needed to be done was an intellectual defense of Christianity, but we didn't do that. And so when the society went secular because Christians either went liberal, they separated, or they just tried to have an emotion-based faith, when the rest of society went secular, we can see where we are now. It's really the church's fault, John more so than it is anybody else's fault. We pulled out of society or didn't defend our beliefs, and society went godless, and we wonder why. Well, why don't you describe in some of the ways that uh, this has manifested itself in our culture when we, as the church, have pulled back? Uh, h- how has this manifested itself in our, in our nation today? Well, it's manifested in the sense that Christians are no longer, in many cases, in positions of power, and therefore, the people who are in power quite frequently are against the Christian faith. And we see this, it really arose in the court system, John, because the educators who took over the public school system in the, say, 1930s or so, people like John Dewey, who was a humanist, he educated people to believe that Christianity wasn't true and that secularism was the way to go. And then those people got into positions of power some of them onto the Supreme Court, and then the Supreme Court began ruling God out of society beginning in the early 1960s. Actually, it started in about 1947 with the Everson decision, which, which made people think the separation of church and state was in the, uh, was in the Constitution when it really isn't. Uh, and then you had the prayer rulings and the Bible read- reading of rulings in the early 60s, took all that out of schools, despite the fact that we'd been praying and we'd been reading the Bible in schools for centuries. In fact, <laughs> the first public school system was started in 1647 in this country by uh, folks in Massachusetts, and the act which brought the public school system into place was called the Old Deluders Satan Act. And the reason it was called the Old Deluder Satan Act was because public schools were started to teach kids how to read so they could read the Bible and not be deceived by that old deluder Satan. So <laughs> we've really fallen a long, long way from our founding to now we really have pushed God and any mention of God out of our school system. And it was, a, it was Lincoln who famously said, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of the government in the next. And so if you have the school room being taught that secularism is true, eventually they're going to get to positions of power and they're going to rule that way. As you, as you look at what's happening in our nation right now um, and you think about court cases and you think about what's happening morally and spiritually, anything that kind of comes to your mind um, as far as cases out there that sort of underline some of these things that you're talking about or 
Uh, well, like for, for example, the, the same-sex marriage case, Ober, Obergfell, back in uh, 2015, I think it was, uh, talked about, and this is Justice Kennedy, who in my opinion is the worst justice in the history of the Supreme Court, at least one of the worst. Not that, not that he's a personally evil man, don't get me wrong. All I'm saying is that he, he, doesn't legisl- or he, he doesn't rule by the law, he legislates the law himself. He just makes up what he wants the law to be, and he puts it in his opinions. Well, in, in that opinion... He basically said that anybody who's opposed to uh, same-sex marriage and four natural marriage is motivated by animus, and that and that somehow we're bigots. Now, he didn't use the word bigot. He said animus, I think. Um, now, basically what he's decided in, in his opinion is that anybody who wants to support natural marriage and wants to keep marriage between a man and a woman is somehow irrational and is somehow motivated by hate. Now, when you have somebody in the Supreme Court tell, saying that about people who have a principled beliefs based on principle, not based on hate or, or animus or any of that, uh, that's dangerous. Now people are going to be seen uh, almost like racists for, for, for supporting what they should support and opposing what they should oppose. And that obviously not only has dramatic impact on religious freedom, it's going to have a negative impact on our children growing up, and we can get into a whole discussion if you want about that. I've talked about it before, but the, the bottom line is when you make marriage all about the romantic, the romantic wants of adults and gender has nothing to do with it, what you're basically saying is marriage has nothing to do with children. So there's no institution out there that's designed to protect children. If it's not marriage, what is it? Well, we don't have one now. So children are the people that suffer when we liberalize marriage laws. And it goes all the way back to no-fault divorce. What really brought us same-sex marriage really isn't any sort of homosexual activism, although that was part of it. You know what really brought it, John, was no-fault divorce. Because mm. no-fault divorce made marriage all about the romantic desires of adults. If you lose that romantic desire, you should have a right to divorce your spouse. And that just totally reframed what marriage is really about. It's not about the romantic desires of adults. Not, not, not solely, anyway. It's really about perpetuating and stabilizing society. That's why the government's involved in the first place. It's not in there. The government's not involved to recognize that John loves Mary or, you know, Bill loves Steve or whatever. The, go- the government is involved in marriage and has been for m- millennia because it perpetuates and stabilizes society. So uh, we partially have been responsible for the degradation of marriage in our country. Wow, some powerful words from Dr. Frank Turek. Uh, he uh, is with the ministry Cross Examine. I encourage you to check out his ministry, crossexamine.org. You're listening to the In God We Trust radio series presented by American Family Association and American Family Radio. We're going to continue our conversation with Dr. Turek here in just a moment. You know, for 40 years, the American Family Association has been proclaiming the message that we are a nation that trusts in God. And to help you proclaim that message of hope, we have a special In God We Trust poster that we want to tell you about. It's a beautiful poster designed to be framed and placed in homes and businesses and schools anywhere you want to proclaim our national motto. And if you want to find out more about that, you can get that poster and a lot of other great resources as well. Just visit afastore.net. That's afastore.net. It's just one of the awesome resources for your family from the American Family Association. Dr. Turk, you know, you're all these things that you're talking about right now, there, there's some who say, well, you know, uh, it's the liberals' fault. 
We just need to blame the liberals for this downward spiral in morality. I mean, does the church have anything to do with this? And if so, what what does the church have to do with, with all this stuff happening in our country? I wrote an, a column uh, geez, about nine years ago now. Gee, now that I look at it, it, it was <laughs> 2009. And the uh, the article, which you could see on our website, it's also on townhall.com, is called uh, Country a Mess, Blame the Church. Uh, because the church, as I mentioned earlier, really gave up its calling back in the in the early part of the last century when it decided to get out of society and separate from society, or it went liberal, or it just went all emotional. It didn't have the intellectual firepower at the time to resist the secularism that was encroaching upon us. And as I said before, if 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 we get out of uh the salt and light function that we have here in this country, if we take the godly influence out of society, then the society is just naturally going to go godless, and that's what's happened. So it's really our fault. We we have not been involved. I mean, people who don't believe, and maybe they're political liberals, they're, they're just doing what they think is right, and we're not doing what we know is right. So it's really our fault more than anybody's. You know, talking about uh, things being our fault, what what do we need to do to correct that? I mean, what do we need to do to once again, you know, become, you know, the ambassadors of the Lord here on this earth? I mean, that's what we're called to do, right? Yes. Well, I think it just starts in your own personal life, right? I mean, forget about laws for a minute. What What about you? Are you faithful to your spouse? Are you faithful to your children? Are you living a Christ-like life? Are you out defending the faith? Are you talking to people about Jesus? Are you trying to reform society one person at a time? I mean, we believe in redemption, right? So we ought to be Mm -hmm. trying to redeem people one person at a time, and we also ought to be salt and light politically. So we have to be salt and light everywhere. And a lot of people say, well, you know, Frank, what, what can one person do? Well, look, there's not going to be any time in the near future, if ever, you're ever going to be more than one person. So you might as well just get started doing what you're doing. And one one person has made a big difference in many different ways. I mean, just, just uh, recently we lost Billy Graham. Think about that one person, John. That one person. Mm-hmm. What did he do? Uh, not just nationally, but internationally for the Lord. One person can do quite a bit. Yeah, we have all been called to make a difference, to be... Salt and light, and and unfortunately, as you've said uh, so often, we've kind of shrunk back from that. And and as you look at what's happening in our nation right now, Frank, a lot of people would say, "Oh, wait a minute, it's really just too late for our nation. We have gone so far down that road of immorality, uh, and that it's we're just never going to return to where we need to be." Even if that were true, what does that matter to you? I mean. You're called to be salt and light. I'm called to be salt and light. We're all called to be salt and light, regardless of the consequences. I mean, we can't guarantee a particular end result. We can't guarantee that any effort of ours is going to bear fruit, necessarily. But that's not the point anyway. The point is is that we're to be faithful and leave the results to God. So even if you don't think the country can come back, first of all, you don't know that. But secondly, even if you did, you keep, you'd keep doing what's right and you leave the results to God. The journey is the destination when it comes to this kind of stuff. Because you get better, you learn, you affect others by just being faithful. Even if you never win a political battle or whatever you're trying to do, you just keep doing what's right and leave the results to God. 
Yeah, those are powerful words. We're talking to uh, Frank Turek. Dr. Frank Turek is uh, with Cross-Examine. You can find out more about his ministry, crossexamine.org. He speaks all over the country. He's got a, a program on DirecTV you can check out. Uh, it's on NRB. It's NRB TV on DirecTV. Check that out. And, of course, uh, he's the author of several books, including I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. That is also uh, the name of that program on DirecTV. You can check that out. You're listening to the In God We Trust radio special presented by American Family Association and American Family Radio. What are some other ways that, that we can defend Christianity here in our, in our nation, um, Frank? Well, one of the ways we can do it is make sure we teach our kids the truth about Christianity. Start apologetics, which doesn't mean you're saying you're sorry. It's giving evidence for what you believe. Start that very early. I mean, we have some resources on our website that will help you do that at crossexamine.org. Uh, teach kids the truth very young. And, and what we tend to do is we tend to dumb stuff down too much. I mean, young kids can handle stuff that we don't think they can handle. When they're young, they learn very quickly, uh, even more so than, our, than us older folks. So I think one thing we need to do is teach our young people the truth of Christianity. Don't just teach them what you believe, but why you believe it. And that will inoculate them and make them much stronger for uh, engaging society and being salt and light than if they hadn't done that otherwise. I mean, look, John, when you're losing three out of four young people from the church once they leave the home, that's an epidemic problem. That needs yes. to be addressed. And so that's what we're trying to do at crossexamine.org, and many of my ministry friends are trying to do it as well. So give evidence, show them why it's true, uh, live a Christ-like life, uh, be salt and light as much as you can from a very early age. You know, uh, Dr. Turek, I hear a lot about how we seem to be losing this, this generation of, of young people. They're not going to church. They're not, mm-hmm. uh, they're not understanding the need to defend Christianity or they don't really know a thing about it. Right. Um, and what would you what would you say about that that issue that's going on in our country? I mean, I think of the millennials, and they get they get beaten down pretty pretty bad. I think sometimes from from a lot of people. But um, you know what's going on in that area of our nation? Right. Well, there's <laughs> there's a lot going on. In fact, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Jonathan Morrow, down at Impact Three Hundred and Sixty, which is a, a organization down south of Atlanta that does gap year training for. Uh, kids between high school and college. It, it's really a Chick-fil-A funded ministry. He and uh, George Barna, the famous pollster, teamed up and just released a survey called Gen Z. I don't know if you heard of this, John, but Gen Z is anybody that's, uh, say, 19 and younger right now, people born like 1999 and after. And the survey data that you see in there is a little sobering. And I think first knowing who you're talking to is important. According to this survey, only 34% of kids surveyed thought lying was wrong. Only 34%, John. Wow. You know, um, I mean, things like that. Uh, and, and they don't want to offend. They don't want confrontation, right? So you're going to have to teach these young people that actually confrontation is sometimes necessary. In fact, if you don't confront people, then you, you don't love them. Because I always, t- I always say this to young people. I say, if your parents tolerated everything you wanted to do, would they be loving? No, of course not. If your parents don't stand in the way of you and evil, they're not loving. They have to not tolerate certain things, be intolerant of things that are going to hurt you and hurt others. So you have to be, you have to have a certain amount of confrontation to protect people from evil. Jesus did. I mean, Jesus went in the temple and roughed people up or roughed, turned over the tables. He went after the Pharisees and the unbeliever or the, uh, the, uh, the unbelieving Pharisees who didn't believe in him. 
Uh, and, uh, I mean, just read Matthew 23 or John chapter 8. Jesus was tough. In fact, I just did two TV shows on the anger of Jesus. I mean, people always go, Jesus was so soft and sweet. No, he wasn't. <laughs> A lot of times he wasn't. Jesus was tough. And so we have to, we have to be, as my friend Jay Warner Wallace says, we have to be sheepdogs and, and, and protect the sheep and run off the wolves. We have to do that. And so I think we have to do that with young people, and we have to teach them not only what they, what they should believe, but why they should believe it. So education is a big part of this. Where in the world do you start, uh, Dr. Turk, I mean, with that whole issue? I mean, as a parent, I, I can hear a parent saying, oh, wow, that's, that's pretty lofty. How, how do you even begin doing that? What do you do? Well, we, that's what we do at crossexamine.org. There's, there's only four things that you really need to, to do to teach young people uh, when it comes to, is Christianity true? You only need to teach them, does truth exist? You need to answer these four questions. This is what we do. Does truth exist? Does God exist? Are miracles possible? And is the New Testament telling us the truth about the resurrection? Because if the answer is yes to those three things, if truth exists, if God exists, if miracles are possible, and the New Testament's telling us the truth about the resurrection, game over, Christianity's true, there is a purpose to life, the, the purpose to life is to know Jesus and to make him known, and everybody has a role in that. If you can go through those four questions, show that they're true, game over, we're, we're ready to play ball. And that's, that's what we do. Everything else is peripheral. Everything, every other issue, while maybe important to a certain degree, is secondary to those four issues. Because if truth exists, if God exists, if miracles are possible and Jesus rose from the dead— then all you have to do is figure out what Jesus said and run your life according to it. End of story. Powerful words from Dr. Frank Turek, and I encourage you to check out that website. It's uh, crossexamined.org, crossexamined.org. Check it out. A lot of great resources to help you uh, as a parent, to help you defend Christianity, and just encourage you to check out that website, crossexamined.org. .org. You're listening to the In God We Trust radio special here on American Family Radio. And just want to remind you, for 40 years, the American Family Association has been proclaiming the message that we are a nation that trusts in God. And we've got some great resources. We have a special uh, In God We Trust poster that you can purchase. It's a beautiful poster. It's designed to be framed uh, in places and homes and businesses and schools and anywhere that you want to proclaim our national motto. So if you want to find out more about that, I encourage you to uh, check it out. It's afastore.net. That's afastore.net. It's just one of the great resources from your American Family Association. Uh, Frank, we've just got a few minutes left. I, I want to just have you just share, is there hope for our nation? We talk about all the, the things that are happening morally and spiritually. And a lot of people are thinking, eh, there's really, you know, it's just, just forget it. There's no hope. Well, there's always hope with God. With God, all things are possible. I mean, if Christians would just be Christians, the country would be transformed, right? We're the problem because <laughs> we're not living as if Christ is really our Savior, our Lord and Savior. So we're the ones that if, if, if we got motivated, we could turn the nation around. But let me just say this on the other hand, John, that look, if the nation morally continues to go the wrong way and even legally continues to go the wrong way, then... God can still get his will done, right? God can get his will done under persecution. We, we don't wish it. We fight against it, but God can still get his will done. 
we're, what we're supposed to do is do what's right and leave the results to God. Now, a lot of times we talk about politics, which is important. It's not as important as the gospel. But when people say, I'm not interested in politics, just the gospel, I say, hold on, time out. If you don't think politics are important, then you don't think the gospel is important. Why? Because politics affects your ability to preach the gospel. I mean, the American Family uh, Radio Network wouldn't exist unless politically the government allowed us to, to exist. And I, and I tell people, look, if you don't think politics are important, go to some of the countries I've been to, Iran, Saudi Arabia, China. You can't do what we're doing right now on this radio program in those countries, not legally anyway. Why? Because politically they've ruled it out. So politics does affect our ability to preach and live out the gospel. And so it is important. It might not be our primary importance, but it it helps us perform our primary our, our primary goal and that is to live out the gospel well and i know that as you travel across the country uh dr turek you're, you're seeing people do that every single day i mean uh yeah there's a lot happening in our nation but you're seeing people really live out their faith uh, as you travel all across the nation right sure absolutely and that's what we need to do we need to live it out despite the fact that we're going to take persecution in fact it's promised right jesus said that in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Paul said that uh, everyone who lives a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. So you might as well just accept it now. You're going to be persecuted if you live a godly life. Don't be shocked. Don't be, don't be uh, scared. Just, it's going to happen, so just plow forward. I mean, good, can, good will come from it, according to the Scriptures. I mean, he doesn't say everything's good, but he said everything, all things work together for good that love God and are called according to his purpose. So, yeah, there'll be some bad things that'll come down your, your uh, or come across your life or intersect your life, but all that can work ultimately together for good if we just trust God. Absolutely. That's uh, Dr. Frank Turek, and he, he speaks all over the country. He's got a lot of great books. And in fact, uh, one of them is called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. You need to check that one out. And, of course, you can catch him on DirecTV on the NRB channel. A great, great show that he has on that. And then, of course, he's heard on American Family Radio with cross examine with Frank uh, all across American Family Radio. I encourage you to tune in for that as well. Uh, Dr. Turk, thank you so much for your ministry. Thank you for what you do. And I encourage people to go and visit your website, crossexamine.org. So much great information for parents, for everybody to go and get this information and they will be so encouraged. So check it out, crossexamine.org, crossexamine.org. Uh, Dr. Turk, thanks for joining us here on this In God We Trust radio special. Thanks, John. Great being with you. And by the way, the show's on 9 Central, 10 a.m. Eastern Saturday mornings on the AFR radio network, American Family Radio Network. We just want to remind you that there is hope for our nation. In spite of everything that's going on in our country morally and spiritually, there is hope. Our hope is found in God. Our national motto is, In God We Trust. And that is exactly where we need to put all of our hope and all of our trust. I'm John Riley. Thank you for listening to this In God We Trust radio special here on American Family Radio. The In God We Trust series, celebrating American Family Association's 40 years of proclaiming that the blessings of our nation come from God's gracious hand as we've trusted in Him. Proclaim the truth where you live by displaying the newly redesigned In God We Trust poster. Consider framing and showcasing the poster in your home, your office, public buildings, and classrooms in your town. 
These 11 by 14 posters are available at afastore.net, along with the In God We Trust car decals and wristbands. Again, that's afastore.net.